0: I am Jan Greguš and you are listening to the sound of the Loons podcast.
1: morning afternoon or evening depending on when this finds you welcome to the sound of the loons podcast i'm Steve mcpherson and i'm joined here by the one and only Callum williams uh cal the team is down in florida uh just before we start rolling we we're talking a little bit about the the climate in florida it's rather nice um minnesota has not been too bad recently um you know it was, got up to like 45 the other day and i Chop some ice out of my sidewalk, so you'd, I, don't, I don't have to climb a mini glacier to get to my car now, uh, which is great. Uh, Florida is is lovely. I've I've been down there. I have I have family that's down there. Um, it's it, we were discussing though the the if you're a beach person or not. I'm not. I, the beach is fine for me. I like and I think I've talked about this before. Like swimming, I'm like I could take it or leave it. I'm not one of those people who, in the middle of the summer, is like oh, I just I just want to I just want to swim. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do it if it's there. Mm. What's, what's your feeling on swimming generally? Um, can you do it for
0: exercise or is it? I'm not that kind of person to be honest. Swimming is fine, but I just, I'm not at my most comfortable level. Um, if I'm in deep water, if I'm totally honest. Yeah. There's Um, a little panic. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, look, I I can swim fine. No problem. (laughs) But I just, I must admit, I have a a a humongous fear of sharks. Okay, sharks like the worst thing in the world, in my opinion. So that's why I I just. So I I was um, during the off season, um, my family and I, but we had a a family wedding down in um, in Boca Grande in Florida. Sure, uh, which was lovely, fabulous, no problem. Um, And my brother-in-law was like, "Oh, you know, come on, Cal, let's." Get on the paddle boards. Let's go way out. Let's go. and I was just like, no, I'm good. I'm good here. Thanks, mate. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm just gonna um, have my um, body go about knee deep, and I'm just gonna enjoy this um, with a little beverage in my hand. And yes. Um, that's good for me, mate. But you crack on, you you go for it. Um, I'm just not really that kind of person. Nah,
1: I'm not. I, the thing about like running is one of those things that I get into uh, after a while. I can really enjoy it. There's rarely a risk that I'm just going to die running, right? But yes. swimming, it always feels like. I mean, even if it's in a pool, you get a cramp, you could just drown.
0: <laughs> and that's, it's it's just that's because too we, high risk for yeah, cardio. <laughs> well, we just we just uh, as well. I must find it. Uh, I must admit, I find it a bit odd, and. Fascinating yet scary. That there's just so much about the ocean that we don't know. Yeah, and I'm just like, nah, it's eighty percent of the
1: globe, and we don't know anything.
0: We don't know, like we've not discovered everything that's in the ocean yet. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm okay being needy. <sighs> Yeah, uh, waist deep. If yeah. I feel a bit adventurous, um, and and I'm okay, I'm, yeah. I'm fine. There, no problem at all. And get a beverage. That's also key. Then that's that's, so. that's that's me. I'm set. No problem at all. A hot you know, tub. I, yeah. Well, if it's a hot tub, it's uh, hot tub rather. It's a different uh, different <laughs> scenario completely, isn't <laughs> sure, it? Sure. Yes. You know, no. I, I'm I'm not really a massive water person, if I must admit. But beaches are okay. I don't mind the beach. But um, you know, if there's a little beach bar, a little. Tiki Hut or something, then yeah. that's more my scenery I'm seeing for sure. a through line here.
1: On <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the beach, I really love the ocean. Uh, it's an amazing thing to watch and to observe. I think that the, the sort of way that it's, you know, every wave is the same and yet they're all different and there's sort of this subtlety to it and the way the, the tide comes in and goes out. And I, I love being on the beach like at night and things like that, um, which is really nice. But but yeah, I have to admit once I get out into the ocean, I get a little, a little motion sick with, uh, with the waves moving around there. So
0: Yeah, I, I got copious amounts of abuse um, during this vacation that I mentioned <laughs> um, because I... I'm a city boy. I, I yeah. There's a lot of things um, that I didn't do growing up, and one of those things was I, I'd never fished before mm. at all. Okay. I, I had never held a fishing rod um, until this Viridian trip uh, a few months ago and caught my first fish, which I was delighted with. Um, but uh, there was always uh, an element of, of uncertainty, and I was always sort of slightly on edge, really. And, sure. and not necessarily just being on, on the boat, that's fine. I didn't get seasick or anything, no problem. It's just... When you're in the middle of nowhere and you you look around all the sides of the boat and you can't see land, that's when I'm a little, yeah. little bit like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit uncertain here. Yeah, you know? yeah. All
1: right, let's move on to other non-soccer things. I was going to say, so there's I, we have some soccer stuff to talk about, but this is a very weird time of year mm. where it both feels like big things are happening where... Trades happen and 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 signings happen, and we'll get into some of that stuff. But then also, nothing happens. Like nothing is happening right now. It's like preseason, and none of these results. You know, it's like Minnesota United had a a, a, a scrimmage and won five zero, and you're like, well, we can't really draw any conclusions from from that, other than that they, you know, played a college and sure. <laughs> destroyed them. So it's kind of this weird mix of like anticipation and all this stuff going on. But I wanted to talk about. Uh, I wanted to touch base on the Super Bowl. Uh, you were down in Kansas City mm-hmm. doing some Super Bowl stuff uh, for the BBC. Mm-hmm. I expect trying to explain football to <laughs> British viewers, which is hilarious. The the soccer note I wanted to note here, which is which is fun, uh, Lamar Hunt of the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup, which you may have heard of, founded the Dallas Texans in 1960, uh, and uh, in in Texas, obviously. And the Hunt family now owns FC Dallas, uh, but the Texans moved to Kansas City which is in Missouri, not Kansas, in 1963, <laughs> and became the Kansas City Chiefs. So the Hunt family still owns the Kansas City Chiefs and they own FC Dallas, yeah. and they just won the Super Bowl. But tell me a little bit about your... I did not watch the game, but uh, I'm, I'm totally willing to talk about things I don't know about. Um, I, tell me about your experience in Kansas City doing some, some work there.
0: Well, before I go into the actual day, um, Lamar Hunt is a significant name which if you're not familiar with, please go and and read up on him. Without Lamar Hunt, there is no soccer in this country at all. Yeah, Um, it's
1: really fascinating, some of these people. And then in in small ways, I mean, you think about guys like Buzz Lagos in Minnesota, mm -hmm. who sort of during that period, that sort of fallow period following the strikers leaving, was sort of the guy who put together the thunder and sort of kept it going for a long time on a shoestring budget, essentially, and just sort of kept the belief of soccer here to the point where it could then eventually move into being the stars and then become Minnesota United. So these people sort of who are at, at these points where they are like, and he was huge for both soccer and football.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. He was. Um, But I, 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 there's a deep um, feeling uh, with regards to Lamar hunts in, in Kansas city, because you know, he was one of the original owners of, of several Major League Soccer teams. As yeah. you mentioned, his family still own FC Dallas. Um, but, you know, he he also launched Columbus Crew. He launched the Kansas City Wiz, as they were back in the day. Um, and um, he was such a vibrant believer of soccer working in the United States. Um, so every time I, I, I think of Lamar Hunt, I, I always... Um, Get a little bit um, emotional and and thankful. Um, I remember doing the commentary of the 2012 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup final when Kansas City won it, um, and this was brought up to me over over the the weekend. Um, one of the the lines that I'd said um, when it was clear that Kansas City were going to uh, to win it after the penalty shootout and stuff. Um, it was something along the lines of, Lamar Hunt, your your boys are doing awfully well, or your boys have done it, or something along those lines this evening. Um, because I think it's important we remember these people who, you know, and, and as you say, Buzz Lagos goes into that conversation as well. Um, it, it all seems now for people who are just starting to follow or, or haven't perhaps followed in the past, it... It's almost so easy now to think, oh well, this has been here for a long time. This has always been as established as it is, and this has always been as great as it is. Uh, for a lot of people, no, there was a lot of struggle in the earlier days, and, yeah. and it, you know, it was a, a, a real task to, to keep this thing alive. So, so people like Lamar Hunt, we must always, always remember with um, with real fondness, and and his name must must always be held um, in such high regard and significance because without him. Uh, there is simply no soccer in this country. So anyway, that's, um, you know, I always, always uh, want to talk about Lamar Hunt whenever given the opportunity because um, mm-hmm. he was a fabulous man. Um, but in, in terms of his other love, yeah, I mean, um, American football was was clearly a big part of his life, as were the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so I was very pleased um, not only for Lamar Hunt, but for the city of, of Kansas City, you know, and um, those sports fans have waited a long time Um, for that to happen. You know, the last time they were in the Super Bowl was 50 years ago. Against the Vikings, I believe. Oh, was it really? I think that's right. Oh, right. Okay, well. um, Well, that's news to me. I probably should have known that, hence I was (laughs) reporting on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it was like, yes,
1: 70 or 71 was the last Chiefs uh, Super Bowl win, and it was against the the Vikings, I think.
0: The, The only meaningful stat that I uttered several times during... One or two interviews was that the Chiefs were involved in the very first Super Bowl back in the day against the Green Bay Packers. Okay. Um, so um, you know, as you mentioned, Steve, I was down there just doing a few vox pops, a few interviews for BBC's World Service, who um, you know just wanted to get some some fan reaction. Basically, should the Chiefs um, go on and, and, and win it, and and obviously they did. And, and I was in um, I was in a a bar that i used to go to when i was down there and and with family and friends and uh, naturally it was very busy and and afterwards i just went around with a little recorder and and, and spoke to a few people and mm. and got the sound bites that that i think um the bbc were looking for so it was um it was great it was um a wonderful experience and i'm glad i was down there for it as well you know um the Kansas City sports fans have been hard done by for a long time up until Recent years, when you know they've had the MLS Cup, they've had um, the World Series, and now they've had a Super Bowl as well. So it's been a good couple of years for Kansas City sports, no doubt. But yeah. you know, it's it's a big football town, and um, you know, afterwards, um, I was walking around the streets and, and just seeing a lot of people celebrating, lighting the fireworks, and, and people dancing on tables in bars and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was as Chaotic as you would imagine, really. So, yeah, it was it was fantastic, and um, you know, as I said, I'm just very, very pleased with that city.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So here's the note: uh, the Chiefs defeated the Minnesota Vikings 23-7 in the Super Bowl, uh, which was Super Bowl four. <laughs> which is funny to think of now. Wow. Uh, so that was in in 1970 uh, on January 11th, which was it was held in New Orleans. Um, so uh, just to just to, to finish that that thought there. Uh, yeah, the Chiefs. Um, I mean. Patrick Mahomes is super fun. Mm. Uh, his, his dad played for the Minnesota Twins. Yes, so did. there's sort of this little little mini connection there with, with Mahomes. And sometimes you just take what you can get for, mm. for connections to greatness. Um, and there have definitely been a lot of disappointing Super Bowls. Um, I mean, I've watched plenty of disappointing Super Bowls. <laughs> I remember uh, watching, I think it was Bucks Raiders in 2000. Okay, Um and I think it was Bucks Raiders, uh, and it was just like the most boring Super Bowl. And um, huh. now I'm, I'm I'm looking that one up too. So that was 37 Super Bowl 37, which was Buccaneers uh, Raiders, uh, ended 48 21 with the Bucks winning. And it, you know I just remember being sort of like, well, this is it's kind of boring. So uh, I believe Trent Dilfer was the quarterback for the the Bucks at the time. I'm just making stuff up now at this huh. point. Anyways, um but it would seem like it was a good game. Here's my experience of the game, basically. So Sunday night is, um, my my daughters have swimming lessons and uh, my my wife took them to uh, swimming lessons and then I was cooking dinner and that they sort of get back at 5.30, which is essentially when the game started. So we go through all of our evening stuff. We had no plans to really watch the Super Bowl, but at some point I pick up my phone and it's the half and it's 10.10. 10. I was like, hmm, okay. And then I look at it later, and I was like, oh, it's 2010, and that, you know, with, with the the 49ers winning. Yes. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, but, you know, I know the Chiefs' reputation in the postseason. I followed that along. And then the next time I looked at my phone, I was like, oh, they won. Uh, <laughs> that was tremendous. It was 31-20. So, again, uh, I saw some stat about... I mean, it's about the Chiefs entirely, but obviously a lot of weight falls on the quarterback for these things, saying that Mahomes was something like behind by 44 points total in the postseason and won all those games by a total of 48 points or something, which is, it's just super fun. You have a young guy. He's like the face of the franchise. Um, So you know, props to the Chiefs. I think that was, I think that it seemed like it was a fun Super Bowl that everybody enjoyed. Uh, did you have any uh, good food? Did you eat anything at any of these establishments? Because this is the thing with the Super Bowl. It's like yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the well,
0: and things. Yeah, I mean, um, oh, I'm trying to think. Uh, it, nothing too outrageous, you know, burgers and chicken tenders sure. and what, okay. you know, very, very American yeah. We talked
1: about food like for three podcasts. <laughs> it's because I'm, I'm now I'm trying to work out. That's why I just all I want to do is talk about oh, food. Oh, so,
0: okay. You know, T- tell us about your your workout regime. Then.
1: Uh, I'm doing some personal training. Oh. um, I'm, uh, I've got a trainer and he's got me a little program. So doing some sort of ramping up uh, from being uh, mostly entirely out of shape to being not entirely, <laughs> just trying to sort of like get back on track basically. But it's been good, like three times a week, you know, three, four times a week and a uh, little, little different, you know, circuits of lifting and things like that. Although my ankle has been really bad the last couple of days. So, uh, I haven't gotten, well, I went today, but it's, uh, you know, it's a process as you yourself are aware. How is, how is your workout journey?
0: Um, it, it's been okay. It's, um, halted over the last few days, but, um, sure. Yeah, I, 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 my wife and I um, decided to do dry January. Um, okay, we're doing dry February. He, well, I mean, I'm, I'm very thankful January is over because I, I enjoyed the Super Bowl a lot more. That's <laughs> true. Sure. Um, but um, yeah, I, I did notice. Obviously, doing dry January has its massive advantages and save a lot of money. Um, yeah, I now notice that. Clothes are now fitting a lot more than they used yeah. to, things like that, and, and yeah, just doing a lot of a lot of workouts. Like like I'd said to you on a previous podcast, we joined Lifetime and they just kicked the crap out of you at those classes. <laughs> so good. I mean, no, it's been good. I, I'm I'm uh, feeling uh, feeling okay. Yeah not, yeah, not too bad at all.
1: That's good. I'll I'll let you know how dry February goes. It's the shortest month. I mean, it's 29 <laughs> days, it's, but it's still two days shorter than January. So yes. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, another non-soccer thing. Okay, we're 15 minutes in. We're going to talk about soccer eventually, but. I wanted to bring up the Outsider, which is a show I started watching on HBO, um, and it is based on a novel by Stephen King. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if the novel is called The Outsider. I haven't looked. I didn't. I haven't wanted to look at it because I don't want to spoil. I don't want. I didn't want to do research into the book, um, but. What I want to recommend about this is, first of all, it's written, it's adapted for television and many of the episodes are written by Richard Price, who's a fantastic novelist. Um, he's written a bunch of sort of police procedural type books. He has a, a one called Lush Life, I believe, that I, was the last one I read of his. And he wrote a lot for The Wire, which is one of the best television, show, television shows of all time. And the main character is, ben, is played by Ben Mendelssohn, who... People, a lot of people might not know him, but they'll recognize him if you see him. He played uh, Krennic in Rogue One. He was sort of the big baddie in Rogue One, and he also was in one of the Avengers, one of the recent Marvel movies uh, as as a as a bad guy also. And he's great. He's terrific. It is the the feel is almost sort of like a True Detective. If True Detective were really well written, which it wasn't exactly the true detective season, true detective season one was very good and atmospheric, but didn't really sort of come together. But this comes off of a novel, which gives it a lot of scaffolding for doing stuff. And it's it's sort of distinctly paranormal. You eventually realize it's not, um, true detective was always i think the question was like is it paranormal or is it just people are weird so uh this is distinctly paranormal uh but it's i think it's five episodes in uh but i watched all three of them in one day uh so which was about 3 hours of investment but well strongly recommend the outsider okay have you watched anything recently i've actually just started the witcher Okay. Netflix. I watched the first episode of that.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure about it yet. I'm going to be totally honest. I'm about 3 episodes in. Yeah. What it's,
1: I have what I have know. what I have heard is that it started and people were like, oh, this isn't very good." And then now people are like, "It isn't good, but it's fun." Um that it's not it's not like your Game of Thrones replacement because it's no. not like you're going to have deep character connections and sort of deep storytelling of many elements coming together. It's kind of more on the level of like Xeno warrior princess or something, like a sort of, yes. sort of by-the-week adventure, which The Mandalorian pulled off very well recently, uh, mm. that sort of serial drama. Um, but uh, Henry Cavill is a good-looking man.
0: Yes, my wife uh, let me know that several times, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, no, look, it's, it's a bit erratic, I think. But yeah. I mean, as you say, it, fun is probably the right way to describe it. Yeah. All right, let us talk about some actual soccer Let's okay
1: um <laughs> some things one thing that caught my eye uh recently will trap going to Inter miami um yeah i've always been you know as we are on this podcast fans of, of your holding midfielders I, I i had to rearrange the button so i'm going to hit a button <laughs> and we'll see what happens it's
0: so hot right well that now. was the hot oh, take one. button
1: Hold there up. it there is look go. at that okay uh you know will trap and this is one of those it felt like a very mls move like one of these Mm -hmm. things where it's like this guy is your captain uh in in columbus he's been he's been great he's underappreciated and then he gets moved for a hundred thousand in tam it just feels like
0: what yeah don't even get me started on the actual price tag i I, when i saw the move i thought oh wow that's a very smart move by miami you know uh, as we have said on on numerous occasions it's very good to come in with a a holding midfielder that is experienced in this league. Nashville have done it with Dax McCarthy, and I think he's going to be great for them. Um, I was surprised when I saw that the crew had moved on Will Trap. I know him and Caleb Porter didn't exactly see eye to eye on a couple of different things. Mm-hmm. But when I saw the fee, $100,000 in GAM, and then an international spot to go with it, I thought to myself, you're essentially giving away Will Trap there. That is unbelievably low, that is. Yeah. Um, and and to my knowledge, I know he was offered around the league. So it's not just, you know, this isn't Miami pouncing and saying, right, you know, this is the play we want to go for. I believe the crew were trying to move him around mm-hmm. and move him on rather. Um, so um, I was surprised. But um, yeah, that, that that was one that certainly raised the eyebrows. And because if you think of somebody like Will Trapp on the international market, he's a three or four million dollar player. Yeah. And for a hundred grand, into Miami have committed daylight robbery there. That's a stupendous piece of business by Paul McDonough. Well done to him and into Miami.
1: Yeah. They still need a coach.
0: Who? Inter, don't they? Nope. No. Nope. they got uh, Diego Alonso.
1: Oh, that's right. Okay. Yes. Sorry.
0: I was uh, blanking on that.
1: Yes. So they have their coach now, they which do. is fantastic. Um, it, their team is actually coming together, <laughs> right? Like, there was, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I think, that it was like prior to the Alonso news, that it was like, okay, well, they're, they're getting good pieces, but how, mm. do, how do all these pieces fit together? Um, I mean, trap certainly gives you, he's not a destroyer. He's not, he's not a, a hard note. He's not as hard nosed as some other defensive mids. It seems like, but no. he does, he's sort of, he sort of has that like backfield command of, of, of distribution and and he's got a little bit of a, of a forward, forward approach to him as well. Right. So,
0: Yeah, I mean, um, Will Trapp is, like you said, I mean, he's more than capable of um, making a a sturdy challenge, like Ozzy Alonso-esque type stuff, absolutely, Mm -hmm. but I mean, yeah, he he dictates very well, he's a decent passer of the ball as well, so look, the the Miami roster's coming together, and and if they do, if if reports are to be believed, if they sign um, Pizarro from Monterey as well... um, and that's, uh, that, that's a very good piece of business which will leave Chicago fire-kicking themselves that they didn't pull the trigger on that one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, it's coming together. Um, but I, I still think, as I said, I can't remember if it was last week or the week prior, um, I, I still think, in terms of an MLS-ready roster, I still think Nashville have got the better MLS roster just because sure. they've added a lot more MLS experience um, and, and pieces that you need as an expansion team. Now, I never expected into Miami to to make those kind of moves, but I thought they would make other significant moves that they've yet to really do yet. If they add uh, Pizarro, that might change my opinion a little bit, Um, but you know, this there's, there's still what, I mean, a month until the season starts. So there's still plenty of time for a move to be made. Just a month. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe it. Um Any other moves recently uh just coming out? I think it was this morning or yesterday, Lo- Lo- Locadia.
0: Yeah. Locadia for me is a, a very, very good piece of business. Yeah, um
1: For a team that really struggled to, to have any offense or any sort of bite Yeah, in terms I, I, of that last season. I was so.
0: just looking, uh, just talking about this on, on Twitter this morning, um, Fair play to FC Cincinnati for for making the investment that that they have in their front line. Yeah, um, Lukaku, I saw play for PSV Eindhoven. Um, oh God, it would have been five years ago now, and and I thought um, I thought he looked like he he could be a real star. Um, and obviously, um, you know, at, at that stage, he was linked with Manchester United and Arsenal and Bayern München and all these big, big teams. Uh, and that never materialised, but he did get a big money move to, to Brighton in the Premier League. Um, and then he, he went on loan to Hoffenheim and, and that didn't quite work out for him in the Bundesliga. But um, it, it's to, to my knowledge, it's a five-month loan deal. So it's, it's a low-risk, high-reward for, for both parties, really. Um, I would... I know there's a debate going on right now on Twitter as to you know is he actually a number nine is he mm-hmm. uh, better suited playing underneath a forward I actually think he's he's better off on the right hand side um of of the front line um I would assume um f c Cincinnati would probably go with a four three three now because they just signed a Moroccan winger as well um so if you have the two of those players either side of um, of Kubo, the the Japanese centre forward, that that is a significant upgrade for FC Cincinnati, and and um, you know there's still a lot of a lot of question marks for them in terms of what they're going to do in the central midfield area, um, but I, look, there's no doubt about it; they are going to look a lot better than what what they did last year.
1: Yeah. Anything else uh, catch your eye recently? Then?
0: Like I said, the the Pizarro move, if that goes ahead, I think that's going to be going to be a tremendous piece of business. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, th- these would be the types of signings that we would expect Miami to, to make, you know. Um, I think there was um, a couple of other moves as well uh, around. I just saw um, uh, Derek Etienne just sign with the Columbus crew, which I think is a smart depth move. Obviously, Fernando Adi going to the Columbus crew is... Um, uh, is very Caleb Porter. It's very interesting. That's a, that's one of those
1: interesting ones where Adi was such a disaster at Cincinnati
0: mm. um, as, as a DP.
1: And you just wonder, it this sort of can go one of two ways, right? This becomes like a redemption story of, you know, like back in, you know, with Caleb Porter and this works out well. Or it's just like, no, he just doesn't have it anymore. It's it's gone. And so it sort of seems like those are the only two options.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's uh, as I said, um Adi was um I know there were one or two clubs in for him. Um obviously he didn't get taken in the waiver draft and, and he was eligible to speak to other clubs then and um obviously him and Kerla Porter have a have a history at the Timbers and obviously I would assume Darlington Nagbe was in his ear as well saying come and play here, you know and mm-hmm. um so it's a good signing for the crew. I, I do wonder what it means for Jassy Zardes um sure. and I've, I've heard one or two little rumblings about that so that that could be very interesting i would watch that situation very carefully um the other one as well which i i, I don't know if it's I, I think i think it's out there now but I, I was told yesterday that um winston reed who's a new zealand center back at west ham united in the premier league he was due to sign for for nashville um and and i think that might have fallen apart which is a shame because uh, he would have been a really good signing for them i don't know if if that means he'll go elsewhere in Major League Soccer because he mm-hmm. could do with a lone move and he could do with playing. Sure. Um, I think it would be a good signing for, for just about anybody in the league. But um, to my knowledge, I, I don't think he's going to go to Nashville now. Yeah.
1: Uh, one bit of Minnesota United stuff that uh, came up recently, I was just on the phone with with Adrian Heath talking about how preseason is going and everything like that. and He sort of took pains to sort of mention how, um, you know, last season – the team brought in Ozzy Alonso, Iko Parra, um, you know, these sort of veterans that sort of stabilized the spine, Vita Menone, um, Jan Grego. She also threw into that, like, just sort of these, these real, these people with a, lot, with a good amount of experience. And then he sort of was pointing out this season that the team has managed to bring in some um, people who are some young players uh, on the younger side. They've gotten younger. Amaria is uh, 24, mm-hmm. um, you know, and Chacon is obviously a year older, but that now just makes him... 20 I think essentially um, and then also but then also vets like Marlon Harrison who's been in the league for seven years right but he's 25 mm-hmm. James Musa who's been sort of all over the place playing you know like everywhere essentially um, but he's only 27 so it, it's sort of an interesting like it's not it's super young you know um, there's obviously still players like Mason toy and things like that but sort of sort of like that 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 mid-20s vet it, it, there's sort of been a big infusion of that into Minnesota United, which is, which is interesting because I think last season we saw a good number of older players and then some really young players.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, look, it's always good to have, um, you know, players that, uh, there are of a certain age. Um, I think if you've got veterans in your squad, that's always a good thing because, um, you know, obviously they have a lot of experience and, and then if, if you have the right core of young players, um, who want to learn that that's never a bad thing either. And, um, I've been hearing some good things about Mason toy Mm -hmm. down in, uh, in Florida. Apparently he's been very sharp in front of goal, um, which, um, you know, that, that would be something I would look for more from Mason toy this year is to be more consistent. Um, obviously Amaria coming in uh, and and after having a conversation with a few people, you know, I I still think they're going to try and add another center forward, whether it's for depth or, or, or other reasons, but, um, as I said uh, on the previous podcast, I think I, I see him more as a second striker, um, dropping a little deeper. Um, but maybe he is now the main outlet. Maybe he's the one that they think is going to be the the forward that hopefully goes and scores 20 goals a season. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but no doubt they're, they're going to try and add in that area. Again, I'd be surprised if they didn't. Yeah. Um, because let's face it, right now, they're, they're light in that area. They've only got two forwards at the moment. So right. um wouldn't surprise me if they added. But um, it, it's just, if if they do add in that area, how significant is it going to be? Is it going to be somebody who provides depth or is it going to be someone who can really push Amaria to be the starting center forward? To my knowledge, prior to, to conversations, um, it, it was going to be the latter and they were really trying to get in somebody else who, who could compete and be the number one forwards. Um, now I don't know. Now perhaps they, they may very well see Amaria as the number one forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is all obviously speculation. Look, I mean, in, in terms of what, what we're being told and what we've seen so far, um, they've yet to see Amaria kick a ball in, in on American soil. So sure. we have to wait and see what that looks like. But, um, I'd, I would be surprised, as I said, if, if they don't add another center forward. The question will be, what is the significance of that forward?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's also good to keep in mind that there the, the mid-season transfer window is often the better one for big stars in some sense, like so in, from Europe, From Europe, you, like yeah. in terms of that, that sense of like you bring over somebody who's like an immediate impact player from European leagues because of that schedule and the way it dovetails that right now it's a little different so there. You see more South Americans right yes, now yes. coming into the league. So, you know, it could be that, you know, again, it could be, a, it could be a depth piece, somebody they're bringing in. Um, Cause you just look at You look at uh, Mason toy is, has played for the, uh, the U 23, you know, U S team and things like that. So you always, and you have, there's injuries. You never want to be left with one, one forward. Essentially. You always want to have multiple options for that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, and and at every position, I think Adrian has always been clear that he wants competition and that that is one of the best things for, for the team. He said, uh, Kevin Molino, who has looked fantastic in preseason so far, um, who's obviously a guy that we've always wanted more from. He's had moments that are, that are tremendous. Um, it's also important to remember that both he and Finlay last season were coming back from injuries Mm -hmm. though. That first year back is often, you know, a placeholder as they, as they get more fit. Um, but Molino came to this team, you know, initially as one of the, as the biggest transfer right at the time. So, uh, and so, you know, you always want more from, from, from those guys. If he shows more, that's tremendous. Then you're, you're really going to start seeing competition along the, in that, that front four, if it's a four, two, three, one, or, you know, front three, depending on how, how they line up, um, which will be interesting. I think the formation is another thing that's going to be interesting to watch as you see now that the, the options the team has with, you know, Hassani, obviously with his fantastic rookie year and coming in, then also still having Ozzy and Jan, um, the midfield depth looks pretty good. You've got, you know, different guys who could fill in there. So the four, three, three, I think becomes a more viable option, Mm -hmm. um, you know, depending on the matchup and things like that. So, um, and I'm sure that's what every coach wants is, is flexibility um, to be able to switch things up. If you feel like you need to um, in the moment. So, um, but again, it's this weird season where I'm like, I'm excited about this, but all I've seen is clips because we don't have, you know, (laughs) it's preseason games against, colleges sure. um, so you know uh, the the I, I think that the the tournament coming up in Portland will maybe give us a better sense um, uh, you'll start seeing more like this is the 11 um, and sort of moving in that direction so
0: yeah absolutely and and what I would say Steve is I think um, the spine needed addressing during the offseason obviously um, Minnesota have um, addressed a certain portion of it by bringing in a new goalkeeper Um, The centre of midfield, they've addressed the need for depth there. I still think Minnesota need, uh, obviously, they need a Darwin Quintero replacement. Uh, I'm sure people have seen reports they're working on that at the moment. They still need another centre-forwards. Um, as I said earlier on, whether that's a depth piece or or a number one forward, we'll see. Um, But I also think they need another center back as well uh, for depth Mm -hmm. purposes as well. So um, slowly but surely, the the spine is is being fixed and worked on. And um, I think uh, it wouldn't surprise me if there are uh, at least two new bodies in to Minnesota United before the start of the season, maybe even three. We'll see. Yeah. It's like the constant refrain in soccer, I feel like. It's like we're waiting for, you know, we're hoping to get, one
1: or two more guys in yeah. like yeah. Every, every week. Right. So uh, a little bit of business, uh, <laughs> a little bit of business here. Uh, the countdown to kickoff, which we have every season begins uh, shortly. Uh, February 9th, uh, this Sunday is the housewarming at Allianz field, which has two big things going on. Uh, the Surly boot soccer tournament, uh, which is uh, always great fun and always hilarious to see um, film of as people stumble around in the snow in their boots, trying to kick soccer balls. And then the kit release, uh, which will be it, Minnesota United is, as every MLS team is participating in a fashion week kit release earlier, but this will be, you know, the, the sort of like the kit event at the, the black and blue team store where people will be able to buy the Jersey uh, for the, for the first time in person, I believe.
0: So yeah. um, will you be there? Uh, was that a commercial? There was it. Will you be there? Will you be there? <laughs> <laughs> um, we well. So I'm looking forward to the Surly Boot Soccer Tournament. That's that's always an event I, I really enjoy being a part of. Um, in terms of the jersey, I, I always try and not see right. anything. You know um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I try and react as organically as I possibly can. Sure. Um, but I, I did get a little sneak peek. I mean, um, it's
1: leaking now. I mean,
0: yeah, but I mean, I, even just <laughs> before that, some of the players were doing a little bit of a mini production day oh, sure. and, and I, I saw it then and I really tried not to, um, right. but Michael Boxall um, didn't let me get away with that. So um, <laughs> yeah, I, I look, I'll, I'll just say, I just hope it's what everybody has wanted for a while and, and I hope it pleases. And um, it's good. It's good. Tease. It's good. It's going to be really work. good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've seen some of the other jerseys,
1: uh, have you seen some of the other jerseys in MLS uh, the,
0: from, uh, various different leaks? Yes. Yeah. I have. Yes. Um, some of them are good. Some of them are not so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think we'll leave it there. Shall we?
1: That is uh charitable. Maybe, we, maybe after the release, maybe next week we'll do a comprehensive review. Um, obviously we don't have, uh, you don't have any imagery to go along with the podcast, but, um, yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's some, there's some winners and some losers is what I would say. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for the thirtieth. Thirtieth.
0: Sorry. Wow! Wow! We went back in time. Do you
1: remember the thirtieth Sound of the Loons podcast? When
0: was that? I don't know. What do you think it was? It's got to have been twenty eighteen. I wonder if my notes even go back that far. Uh, What episode are we on now? Ninetieth. Wow. We should do something special for the hundredth. For the hundredth.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. It was the thirtieth. Was it was still called? I don't know if it's still called everything soccer. When um, I mean, we didn't have a name. For no, a it was sound balloons. I think I was just <laughs> saving it with, um, I asked if you were, you had a birth, you had had a birthday.
0: Oh, right. Okay. Uh, yeah. So Which, what age was it, I just turned 29? Was it probably? Wow. That was a long time ago. That
1: was, that was a lot. That was a long time ago. Oh. Anyways. Um. Anyway,
0: if, if we do a 100th episode, we should do it somewhere. You, you let us know, listener. Let us know. <laughs> yeah. Should we do something for the one hundredth episode somewhere? Would you come along? Top of the Fauché Tower. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> something. Would you come along if it was uh, on site somewhere? That would be. Uh, That'll be interesting. All right. Well, we got. We got. 10, nine episodes left before I have to make that decision, We'll get our thinking so. cups. Okay. Shall we?
1: Thanks for joining us for the 90th Sound Balloons podcast. Be sure to leave us a nice review on iTunes or at the very least a five-star rating and follow the team on Twitter at MNUFC and Cal at CalWilliams.com and me at Steve Entryous. Apologies, as always, to Richard Wagner. The Richard Wagner thing, um, which I just kept in because I loved it, is because of Kai Wagner, which is what I remember who, you know, I thought he was Kai Wagner, um, but it's actually pronounced Wagner and that's I don't remember how he got around to Richard Wagner, but there's also a guy in the NBA named Mo Wagner. Um, so apparently Wagner pronounced that way is much more common than I thought it was in sports. Anyways, apologies as always to him. And remember, there's only one person in this whole world like you, and people can like you exactly as you are.